Hey, and thanks for signing up for the Public Beta Podcast. It is episode 71 for July 5th, 2021. Your host this week, myself, Lee and Reed. Hi. We're actually recording this time. Yeah. It'll all be, it'll all be fine. Uh, took a little, a uh, couple extra days off. We've ex- experienced uh, the, the heat wave here, as everybody else is. On the West Coast, dropping dead. Us, not so bad. Uh, what have we got? Hit 40 degrees on Saturday or Sunday. The perfect excuse to stay inside and play video games. And, and that we did. Uh, Reed, me and you were just talking about Castlevania before the mics heated up, so to speak. Uh, you finally decided to watch the animated Netflix series. Yeah, uh, well, I haven't finished it. I'm right at the end of season two when they started to fight Dracula. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's a pretty good fucking show. Um, it's very solid. It takes itself very seriously. What you, uh, and I'm only like a few episodes into season two, so I there's four seasons now, right? right. They just kept um, yeah, the it takes down its, on that it takes its It takes its world and its setting and its plot very seriously, but the characters themselves are mostly serious. Uh, it has a little. Yeah. It, it's not like Marvel humor where it's constantly shoehorned in or anything, which I like. Um, yeah, the characters are fun. The action's really fucking solid. I think that's like the best part about it. Um, uh, and, it's very dry in a, in a humoristic way, and then also any violence, which is over the top a lot of the time, uh, it comes off that much more awesome, like in the godly sense of awesome. Yeah, where not, like yeah, it's not yeah. like over the top for the sake of shock horror. It's trying to show you that vampires are extremely powerful beings and they can do yeah. this or that. Or in the case of the vampire killer in the first season there with Trevor, like, that motherfucking demon guy shows up and he's just talking so much mad shit and Trevor just whips him across the eyes and he explodes. <laughs> uh, like, that kind of shit just be, it, it's unintentionally funny and how fucking awesome it is, like, just seeing that. Yeah. that that's the, that's why you watch anime, Reed, even though yeah. this is not admittedly an anime. Well, it kind of is. It's made, like, it's, it's, a lot of the people working on it are, like, Japanese animation studios from what is the What's the definition of anime? It's animation. <laughs> I, I just uh, thought it referred to, like, Japanese-style animation. If you want to go as so far as to say Japanese-based animation, yeah. I, I would follow you yeah, down that road. But uh, in any case, like, I really hope this is the kind of people that, uh, like, are chosen to adapt Berserk or something like that. I think they hmm. could really do... Because uh, there's a serious lack of... Um, I would say after the 90s, you saw a lot less adult-oriented anime come out, especially sure. movies. Uh, you know, you still have, like, Ghost in the Shell, Standalone Complex, etc. Uh, uh, like, Ergo Proxy, whatever. But you, you're, it's not like the golden age where there's, like, you know, Ghost in the Shell, Cowboy Bebop, Angel's Egg, uh, like, all these really mature series. Um, I was going to say, what, like... Do you feel that's because if they tried to localize that here, they would have to heavily censor it as they do with other animes in the past? Or no, I don't. I just not think it's not a, an issue with censoring. In my opinion, I think it's just uh, a show called Naruto and Dragon Ball Z came out, and they realized, yeah. holy shit, twelve year old. But even like One Piece, even Dragon Ball is edited to shit before no, they put it out here because. It, yeah. Well, ne- they used to, not anymore. B- very little anime is actually heavily edited. Uh, edited anymore for our viewing because it is such mm. a niche product that the people who are reviewing it would just go watch the uncensored anyway um yeah get the titties and, and all anyway that. Uh, i was just saying that uh i would think what likes castlevania is so refreshing is that it is clearly an adult oriented show um an animated show which is really nice to see 
And uh, yeah, I really hope they can pick up more projects, other video game franchises even. I make believe those guys are already attached to something else, as a matter of fact. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. Yeah, but uh, make an actual good Devil May Cry anime. <laughs> hey, hey! <laughs> Yeah, I that watched... Dante and that anime is anime. <laughs> that on, that anime. Uh, the Dante in the anime version of Devil May Cry is like a completely different fucking guy. Oh no, I've seen it, Lee. I I've seen... <laughs> I own it on DVD, bro. <laughs> I've seen the Devil May Cry anime, and yeah, they decided to do Devil May Cry two Dante as the main character, as opposed to like Devil May Cry three or one. Depending uh, on who you ask, Devil May Cry two Dante is not even Dante. He's Dante. So. He's Dante. No, he's not even Dante. He's like Kante. He's like a totally he's, different he's guy. Dante. I don't know. Fuck it. Has it, uh, has it, so that's what's funny about this Castlevania series is that it's based on a fucking NES game uh, for the most part with Castlevania 3. So it, it's it's weird that it would behoove you to go play Castlevania games. But there are a lot of really good uh, Castlevania games out there that you could absolutely play. Yeah, that you, you would know, actually probably, probably uh, dig. Yeah. yeah, I've been thinking about it now that I've been getting more and more into the series. I would probably stick to the rpg ones which seems to be more yeah. of like symphony of the night and the ds and gba titles um and that's probably where i would stick around i'd maybe play like i don't know bloodstained symphony of the night wait what's that no curse of the night <laughs> bloodstained castle you Rainier and the night <laughs> yeah i think i'll kill you and the night is literally a line of dialogue spoken in lament of innocence as a matter of fact now oh, yeah. that i think of it I'll kill you and the knight. Uh, yeah, it, avoid the 3D Castlevanias where you can, unless you're very morbidly curious. I would say the RPG ones are the way to go, or as the internet refers to them, the Metroidvanias, uh, where you aren't just going A to B. You're actually filling out a map and exploring, and then when you get new abilities, you can reach new areas and stuff like that, that kind of bullshit, uh, along with leveling up and finding equipment and uh, and stuff like that. The, uh, the Aria and Dawn of Sorrow games are great for that, but truly, you should start with Symphony of the Night, which is kind of the progenitor of, of where Castlevania went uh, after that. Yeah. So, and you get to be Alucard. He's a, what a pimp. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, man. Uh, playing a lot of new stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll hand the the floor over to you. Did you say you played Super Hot? Oh, yeah. So, uh, yes, my girlfriend got the PlayStation VR. So, one of the first games that we picked up sure. was, was Super Hot. And, yeah, absolutely fantastic video game. Super fucking trippy. It was my first time using VR. Your first time ever using VR was Super Hot VR. Yes, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's setting, good the, setting the bar really high uh, to start out. With. <laughs> no shit. Um, yeah, absolutely fun game. Uh, like, I don't know what other games could possibly make you feel like that much of a badass in that many cases. Um, it, so was, it's a good game out of VR too. It kind of follows the same concept of like when you move your like ludicrous when you move they move just like that. Uh, in VR, though, you get such a sense of depth, yes, and like, like and and it, uh, like looking at your surroundings and then reacting. It's so fucking good. Yes, like it's very strange still to like start leveled and look backwards behind you and find weapons, and then you pick those up and then turn around back in front of you to actually engage the enemy. Um, catching guns out of midair and shit. Yeah, catching guns out of midair, throwing bottles at people. Like it's really fucking fun. Yeah, man. Uh, the, I mean, there's a ton of first-person games like that in VR now. PlayStation, you're a little limited to what Sony has allowed into their Right, but you space. can use the headset yeah. on PC as well, from my understanding, so. Oh, uh, to an extent. 
the the place like the actual PlayStation VR helmet is is or visor or whatever you want to call it is very limited in what it can do in that regard. Uh, okay. You can play games in it, so if someone else needed to use the TV for something, otherwise, I would suggest checking out like Beat Saber. Or a game like that. Something She's you can get already kind of like bought a, Beast Saver for herself. Well, we'll look at you. Uh, yeah, that and uh, job was a job simulator. She was already a really has good a job early one. All right. Well, you're on. You're off to the races then. Fuck you. Uh, if you want to get real trippy, there's a game called Polybius, uh, which is a Jeff Minter game, which is like a tube shooter, but you're like you're basically inside Tron, but not in that Disney sense. You are inside a veteran like veterans graphics game going really really fast shooting cows and stuff like that it's fucking insane uh anyway playstation vr a friend of uh people who smoke weed let's just say that all those <laughs> games man like the the best games for vr are just like are that are the super hot experience of just like put me in an environment obviously we can't move around our legs too much yet that's the next frontier of vr obviously is yeah. having full room vr being able to move around but for the meantime uh, I, I think it's really neat how innovative people have gotten around that. Where it's just like, no, you basically you could do everything sitting in a chair uh, if you had to. Uh, are you interested to try like Skyrim VR or anything? Like more not fuller? particularly. Skyrim VR seems like something that's a bit. Um, I don't know if novel's the right word. Like it seems like something that's the be, right word. Yep. It seems like <laughs> something that'd be cool for like thirty minutes, and then you'd be like, okay, like this isn't really ideal. And the whole point of Skyrim is to do, you know x-ray and if it's more difficult in vr than it is in regular i probably would just want to play it regular i don't know imagine if you were playing skyrim but after 25 minutes you wanted to throw up that's uh skyrim vr what's cool about it is it it is the full skyrim it's not like a limited experience it's it's full ass skyrim yes uh, but, but you you um, are forced to either like walk if, if uh, i swing <laughs> if i swing my move controller does it swing the sword or do i have to press it a does button? No, you swing you swing the sword to swing the sword. Yeah. But is it classic Skyrim animations or is it actually going where your hand is? No, going? it's 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 your hand. Oh, yeah. wild. That's pretty neat actually. Yeah, the only thing is is the accelerometer. It's it's how it detects how fast you're swinging. So even if you're just like you have your hand at your side and you lift your hand somewhat, it could detect you as swinging your sword in which case you could accidentally knock something off a shelf or or stab a peasant. Or something like that. Uh, the funnest thing to do in it was because there's two types of movement in that kind of game is either you can hold a button to walk uh, and then limit your field of view. So basically when you hold this button, your uh, vision kind of pinholes so you don't get sick. It depends on how sick, uh, how motion sick you get in VR, right? And then the other option is just a teleport. Point where you want to go, you see like a little reticle and then you can teleport there. So the best thing to do in my opinion is to play a wizard. So that the teleporting doesn't feel unimmersive. Uh, and what's really cool about the game is is the magic emanates from your hands. Uh, so you you can you can you know hold everything at waist height and then just shoot two blasts of electricity uh, into enemies' crotches and stuff like that. You have like really good control over that. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, it's novel. It's fun for a little bit, and then you realize no, this is full ass Skyrim, and it's it's a it's taxing to play just because of that motion sickness and stuff like that. And also the headset on PlayStation doesn't have a really high resolution. Uh, so it looks like Skyrim and it's really cool to get a sense of the scale. It's cool to like go to white run and like look at the palace and be like, Oh shit, it's, it's fucking big. Uh, this, this game world like is huge. These mammoths are huge. Yeah. That's all really, really cool. But at the end of the day, if you want to play it hardcore, if you want to sit there for four hours, VR is just, you can't. You just can't. <laughs> I, was, I wish you could. But no, it, it does track your, your two hands and your movement and stuff like that. It could be better. Um, and that's a full-price game, too. You better believe Bethesda is going to fucking slap 80 oh, bucks fuck yeah. uh, on something like that. So, uh, Other than VR, what have you been playing? Um, 
So this was the Steam, Steam Summer Sale over the weekend, in the past week, sure. I think. Um, so I picked up a bunch of games. Uh, so I went back to New Vegas and modded the shit out of it. Uh, it was an absolute... Didn't get to work for the first few days. Yeah, yeah. At, like, talk about a fucking pain-in-the-ass game to get to get working with the most minimalist of mods. Like, it's, like, simple modsly, like, a texture pack or something like that. Um, sure. Big boob mod. The, yeah, the usual you have, stuff. Like, you have yeah. to run the game through your NVIDIA control panel in ultra performance, in uh, preferred performance mode, otherwise it won't good. You have to download a mod that will reduce your character's physics, because if your game runs at too high a frame rate and refresh rate... All the characters move like Sonic the fucking Hedgehog. Uh, yeah, hell yeah. And then you needed to download a 4K RAM compatible mod for it because it doesn't, like, New Vegas inherently doesn't run on a system that has over four fucking gigabytes of RAM. So you right. have to download a thing to overcome that because I have 16 in my computer. Um, so, like, after all is said and done, I finally got to work and I, it still crashes, like, every half hour or an hour. <laughs> That's that New Vegas experience. Yeah, That's all that is. but it is on yeah. PC, so, like, loading times are literally non-existent, so it's it's a little bit of give and take. Uh, I'm, I'm powering through it regardless of the crashes. Ugh, excuse me. Um, Playing too much Skyrim VR, I almost puked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I basically the, what I'm going to be doing in this New Vegas uh, playthrough specifically is um, all the DLCs I haven't played. The only ones I have played is uh, Lonesome Road, so I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Uh, That's I, interesting. Yeah, I, the opposite. I yeah. uh, re-downloaded Fallout Two. I had that from a long time ago at a previous Steam Summer Sale. <laughs> uh, yeah, just because I really it it inherently has a lot to do with Fallout Two. It being basically the same people. And a lot of the same uh, story elements and factions in some cases. How's Fallout as... 2 running for you? Because I've never gotten the old Fallout oh, games to work properly. It works perfectly fine on my computer. Oh, there you go. Uh, I, use this, right. I use the Steam client, so usually it works out pretty well. And as long as you're adjusting your settings before you're going into it, you're usually fine. Um, I haven't gotten far at all in that game. It's uh, a very text-heavy, very slow-paced game, so you definitely have to be in a mood for that. Uh, I was just fucking around in there for like an hour, um, and I'm probably going to go back to it. And then I also, so what I did buy on the Steam Summer Sale is also Fallout 4. Um, oh, I'm boy. Really, it was like it was like dirt cheap, and I really wanted to experience this game with full PC mods to see what I could get out of it, such as, sure. such as an alternate start to the game, so I'm not um, forced into the role of this ex-military father or ex-lawyer mother. Who can somehow handle power armor and a minigun within 30 minutes of waking up. Um, I didn't even consider that. I always just assumed that in the case of the you choosing the female protagonist that she's also a military vet. No, she is a lawyer. So then sure, she wakes sure. she wakes up 200 years later, half an hour she is in power armor and shooting hey, shooting read. and reloading. Matt Murdock was also a lawyer. Shooting so. and reloading a fucking minigun. Um <laughs> So anyway, uh, I'm playing through that game again, download a bunch of mods. Um, a lot of my complaints, as I've said before, still stick. I did forget how like how much more they improved the shooting in that game. It is significantly uh, better than the other fallouts, of course. And it you know it holds its own against some other first person shooters. Um, I haven't gone too far in that. I have played most of the DLCs for Fallout 4, actually. I played Nuke World, um, uh, what was that one called? Not Farpoint. Um, oh, the point. Wait, there was Point Lookout, and that's then there for was three. No, um, yeah. Far Harbor. Yeah. I played Far Harbor. Yeah, yeah. I paid uh, Dan Harbor. Yeah, I played a bunch of those. So those are all good. 
Um, I really, I really like, like I said before in other episodes, I really like the weapon customization system and the house building of Fallout 4. That's a big reason why I go back to it in a lot of cases. Um, I think the character models are nice enough that I don't need mods for those, which is a big uh, save off my back. Uh, so I've been playing through that a little bit as well. Uh, it was weird because I got like an hour into Fallout 4 and I was like, yeah, I'm enjoying this. Like no crashes. It's working really smooth. It looks nice. It always starts that way. Uh, but it just like I kept feeling like I miss like I was missing something, so I went back to New Vegas, and then I was like I went to the strip and just killed everybody at the Van Graaff fucking building, uh, with landmines <laughs> and using dumb tactics of sneak attack to lure guys out, and then they step into my mines as they come charging at me, and I was like, God damn, New Vegas is such a better fucking game. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. It's, you you got to get more time, right? In between, like for me, for Pokemon, for example. So full disclosure, I've been playing Pokemon Silver, not Soul Silver. Fucking Pokemon Silver from eShop. I just fired it up the other day, and I'm like, oh man, I've traded all my Pokemon to home, and they can't come. Ba- they can't come home. Uh, so uh, I've 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 been moved to play through that game again, and then I'm like, man, should I try to complete the Pokedex in this? Just to say I did, but then I'd, I'm not going to cheat, obviously, so I'd have to use another person's 3DS and some copies of these eShop games to get that done. And I'm not sure there's a way to get Celebi, uh, or if there was, it was a limited time thing, so that might be a problem. But otherwise, everything else would be obtainable. I think you can do the Mew, debug Mew How? thing in the original uh, <laughs> in the eShop there. I understand. You did that, right? I, y- no, uh, maybe. <laughs> Um, I understand what you're saying. I just don't understand how it relates to Fallout 4 being worse than New Vegas. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that given enough time in separation, uh, that that the state of the game and the little bits, like Fallout 4 is a better playing game in terms of its shooting, yes. Yeah. But why then would you want to go back to New Vegas? Well, you have to extrapolate a little more. Why wouldn't I want to play... Like, why wouldn't I want to play the state-of-the-art 2019 Pokemon Sword? Why would I instead want to go to a game that came out in the year 2000 and have that much more fun with it? Okay, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> is, is what I'm trying to say. Is, is like, given enough time on a series, there'll be games you'll go back and play a hundred times. before. Like, you'll go back and play Final Fantasy X every year. You will never play Final Fantasy XV ever again. Yes, okay, good, yeah, good example. Um, uh, this only relates to things within the same IP or, or let's say, s- s- like sequels, where you feel like a dumbass. Like you, you feel like I should be playing the most recent version of this because it has the most to offer. Obviously, Gen Two Pokemon doesn't have a uh, physical and special ability split. Doesn't have Pokemon abilities. Doesn't have all these things. And yet, as someone who enjoys the game with all those things, take them away, and I'm having more fun. Yeah, I, <laughs> so, you know? I, I, I agree and disagree with that. I think Pokemon's a bad comparison, unfortunately. Uh, I think that Soul Silver is just a better fucking version of Silver, like straight up. Um, it doesn't look like the Game Boy Color game. It doesn't it, have that feel. <laughs> it's, but uh, yeah, I, I get what you mean, yes. Um, I, yeah, it's because Fallout 4 stripped away so many things that New Vegas added is what I don't like about it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think there's much else to say about Fallout 4, honestly, like, I've talked a lot about Ever it. Ever again, yeah. And then the last <laughs> game I bought, um, before the weekend ended, because a buddy at work bought it, was Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Um, one of my favorite games. Didn't on... you already play that game? Yes, I played it a couple times on PS4, but I really wanted to play it on PC. Uh, and sure, sure enough, it runs way better on PC. 
and it plays way better on PC. And it's still really fucking fun. And what is really refreshing about playing this game, especially when you still have Cyberpunk in the back of your head, is uh, how much... Jacked into the back of your head. Yeah, yeah, like how much people gave a shit about, like, the player having fun in Mankind Divided. Like, that's such a weird thing to say. But all the levels are made in such a... And this is just classic Deus Ex. This could be said for most, if not all, Deus Ex games, is that the levels are made in such a way that... They encourage the player to get creative or see, seek alternate options. Or if they do want to go for a shootout, they absolutely can. Um, unlike Cyberpunk, which have very arbitrary gains in uh, their perks, such as like, oh, you do 10% better damage with shotguns. Every upgrade that you have in Massive in Deus Ex is a significant gameplay change that alters it in some way. Whether it be remote hacking, a stealth system, shootable arm blades, a giant fucking cannon coming out of your arm. Um, and then, like, having characters with precise, uh, I shouldn't say characters, but, like, they very clearly paint you a picture of what's going on in, like, the first 30 seconds between the three main characters that we see at the beginning, which is, uh, Jim Miller, the, like, basically the dude who's running the military operation, Adam Jensen, your character, and McCready, who is his rival, make it very clear very quickly you're not fucking around like for two hours like you are in the Nomad beginning of Cyberpunk or something like that. They quickly get you into the action in uh, a military mission that very clearly explains everything that you'll possibly run into with the rest of the game, whether it's talking, sneaking, full frontal action, or what have you, such as our um, optional objectives. And they get this all done in like half an hour. Um, and I'm just try- and I'm thinking of Cyberpunk how they take you ten hours to do the first act before they even give you the rest of the world and the access to the rest of the content. Uh, twenty levels, which is easily like twenty hours or if not more, just to give you access to the fun upgrades, which are just the arms. Those are the only real significant upgrades you'll find in the entire game. Sounds um, like the game wasn't done. Yeah, it's like the game wasn't done. <laughs> so it's like. People really sh- people shit on Mankind Divided, and sometimes it deserves it for how uh, abruptly the story is cut. Um, but I urge people to go back and play that game today with the viewpoint twenty twenty one, and you'd be like, "Holy shit!" If this game came out today, it would not be shit on as hard by people. Uh, simply because it is a finished product, it is fun to play. It's very tight. It's it's. Um, yeah, I don't want. I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say. I would like to see. I would like to see a re-release of those two days. So that we got that Guardians of the Galaxy game coming, right? Yeah. So I would like to see in the interim, like maybe a year after that, or within the same year, release an, an updated, remastered version of those two Deus Ex games, and then slap a fucking third one on the end of it. What a shame. Uh, not in the same selection or anything like that, but I, I think you could. Really, in the in the ashes of of cyberpunk and what went down there, is really grab that torch, right. re-release that remaster, and get people yeah, fucking and psyched remember, for, for show, a third game. Yeah, and show people again like the power of immersive sims, and that you don't necessarily need full in, full open worlds to achieve something that resembles yeah. an open world. If you go in Mankind Divided and you're just fucking around in Prague, it's a very small area, but it feels huge because there's lots of NPCs. All of them are talking to each other. All of them have something to do. And there's details in everywhere you look. You can go in people's apartments and steal their shit. You can go up elevators. <laughs> you can, you, 
Like it sounds weird, but they made a more My ultimate th- thief uh, the fantasy come true. Just walk into people's apartments, steal their no, shit. No, yeah, but that's my that's the thing I'm trying to get at is yeah. they had such a smaller area, but it feels more of a world than the entirety of Cyberpunk because there's just so much more going on in it. It's fucking crazy that there's such a void right now for a game like a Skyrim or a Cyberpunk to take hold. Yeah. Like if Cyberpunk, so like Starfield, we know now is coming out next November, not this November, but but 2022. So that's a whole nother year without a Bethesda game coming out. Who knows where that uh, first person Pillars of Eternity or whatever that's coming out is? Who knows where Outer Worlds is at? And even then, that's that's kind of like a light that I wouldn't consider that yeah, no. on the same level with those other games. No Fallout other than seventy six. No Elder Scrolls other than the online game. There, like, could you imagine if they just delayed Cyberpunk another year into the following November and and really shaped it up how it how, like. The niche it was meant to fill, and how unfilled that niche is yeah. now. It's basically just waiting for Starfield to come out. And if that doesn't hit, or if that isn't popular, we're going multiple years with this. Like the best, the best-selling version of that game is Skyrim from a decade ago. Is insane that uh, no one and can. Dude, still to this day, Skyrim is the best-selling RPG of all yeah. time. That's uh, that's really where Cyberpunk fucked up. Is it couldn't have had a better release window? Like it couldn't have had more hype and a better release window yeah. to release half baked and to ensure that the next two years are people just going back yeah. and fucking buying all the Fallout games on a Steam sale. Yeah, like the uh, Fallout <laughs> as far as goodwill with fans was at an all time low. Skyrim had been out for years at this time. Yeah, nothing on Starfield, nothing on the Obsidian game. The Elder Worlds was a fucking. It was all bust. yours for the taking. Yeah, like Cyberpunk. this entire market of people desperately craving for a first person RPG open world thingy is right there. Yeah. Fucked it up. They fucked it up, Reed. Yep. But uh, good Deus to hear. That, uh, Deus Ex is good shit. <laughs> Deus Ex still good shit, but yep. unfortunately, uh, seemed like uh, with the story, I had always heard that like it was sequel baiting. It was like, no, yes. we'll make another one, it and then it never happened. Like, yeah. It was absolutely. This is how mankind divided ends. Lee, there's a big Russian guy who's a sleeper agent for the Illuminati. You stop him. Sounds about right. You stop him yep. from basically blowing up a conference that could further their plans. Then you go back to a shot of M. Jensen in his uh, apartment with, like, one of his buddies that you know throughout the game. And they're like, you did it, Adam. You stopped the terrorist, and now <laughs> the Illuminati isn't getting their way. And Adam says, yeah, but I didn't find the Illuminati, and they're going down next. And then the game ends, basically. Uh, so I just watched John Wick 3 on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I yes, just watched it's, it. Yes, it's John Wick 3. The ending, basically yeah. same shit. So, like... I, I'm, I'm sitting there through that movie and like the beginning parts happening when he's in the antique knife store and that's it's just so like violence. That's awesome, man. <laughs> and I'm like, but then that's the best part of the movie is that I'm like, this movie could have actually been an hour and a half of this man just running for his life and then do that, do the cutaways to what's happening with the, the hotel and the adjudicator and stuff like that and have that all kind of end up in the same place. Uh but no, they, they they try some world building in John Wick. I, this is a tangent on John <laughs> no, Wick. No, no, listen, Hallie- I'm right there with you, Lee. I think the, I yeah. think John Wick 1 is the best because it doesn't have the weird, stupid fucking anime hitman world that John Wick 2 and 3 have <laughs> where, like, everybody is an assassin and they all have this weird fucking the, code. But- and they live but in- it's all fine when they follow the code. But now the problem with these John Wick movies <laughs> is they're selective of when they follow the code and when they don't. Even to the point of Keanu Reeves cutting off his finger so he could presumably get on an airplane safely. 
And then when he got back, people are still trying to kill him. And then ultimately, he reneges his deal well, and cut up his finger. Well, they said to him, like, well, you know, if you if you kill the dude who runs the New York version right. of... Winston. Yeah. yeah. If you kill him, then we'll resolve you. But we are not taking off the hit off your head. They said that, to be fair. They okay, said, but they then said he, you're but still going to get... Doesn't, he never intends to kill Winston. He probably did not know that he needed to kill Winston to absolve his sins. Okay, but then he cuts off his finger anyways. Why well, can't he just what, say no he, and walk yeah, out? Then they'll kill him. The the fucking secret society that lives in the desert? That shit is so fucking yeah, stupid. Kill, no, this part is simply. I, I, I agree with you on the weird <laughs> bullshit John Wick universe, but I disagree with you on this. It was very clear. John Wick went there because he had literally no other option. The dude there said, all right, you have two options. You got to cut off your fucking finger and then kill right. Shane, uh, Ian McShane. Yes. And then we'll absolve Winston. you, but yeah. you're also still going to be hunted during that whole time, or we just fucking kill you right now. So John Wick in his head is like, I'll cut off my finger, fake my death, and then everybody's happy. So uh, he's, at the, he's at the place where they mint the coins and the markers for the Assassin's Guild or whatever, and it's run by uh, Tyrion's friend there from Game of Thrones. What's his nuts? Bronn? Yeah, Braun, yeah. thank you. Uh, Braun's there. Uh, Keanu Reeves inexplicably goes and finds Halle Berry to bring her into this movie. Halle Berry's one of the worst actresses currently working. Oh, she's so bad. Uh, sh- she's, she's so fucking awful in this movie and miscast. And that entire fucking scene there could have been thrown out the, the entire fucking movie. This guy tells him, go walk into the desert until you die and then you, he'll find you. Uh, so as, as people watching a movie... Uh, we're like, well, that's what Keanu's gonna do, and sure enough, it goes exactly as described. That's that stuff all sucked, and then the uh, he gets <laughs> back to to New York, and uh, it was good again. <laughs> it was it was okay. It was okay again, man. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm excited for the next movie, obviously, because obviously it's just gonna be yeah, like fucking maybe bloodbath it's, time. Maybe it's just me, but like, I'm able. I'm probably able more than you to put all of that bullshit in the back of my head to just go fuck yeah, badass John Wick. Well, because you're, the way you're I see a lot it. more critical of a person. That's not a that's not a negative thing. You just you look at things with a lot more of a critical eye than I do initially. So this this movie has guys from the raid in it. Those two guys he knife fights, and then they have like a a hey I'll see you next movie and you'll be my friend kind of moment. Yeah, uh, if you remember that, yes. and then he fights the guy from Iron Chef. Uh, but those two guys are, are, are from the raid. Uh, the little guy in particular is like one of the main choreographers and stuff like that, and he's fucking awesome. And that just made me think of the raid, which is a movie that doesn't get too up its ass with who are the bad guys and how does this all work. Right. It's just the action bits. Okay, welcome and to that's the John enough. Wick podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, welcome I to think, John Wick podcast. Yeah, I, I, I see what they're doing, though, Lee. That's the thing. I think you look at John Wick 1 and you're like, very simple story. Ex-mob yeah. hitman, they kill his dog, he's going back to kill his mob that killed his dog. Very simple. I think they looked at it and they're like, the studio wants more John Wicks. So we can do one of two things. We can either expand this universe and try to make something out of John Wick so that each story has something unique. Or we can bring something new to the table. Or we just keep rehashing revenge stories that will get very boring after the second one. In my, in my opinion, they did make the right choice. We don't have to like right. it. We don't have to like what, what the results of that choice is. 
But I think it was the lesser of two evils in this case. But it's 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 the selective following the rules that I that take me out of the movie. Where like in the second movie, that guy shows up and he's got the marker and he's like, "Hey, I hear you're out of retirement. I was respecting your retirement, but if you're going to go around shooting people again, you owe shooting someone for me. Also, it's my sister. Also, she's uh, part of the table or whatever they're called, right? Well, what's uh, that's not against the rules though. Was no right, but he he acknowledged. So the guy blows up his house. Yes, and at that point, John Wick is basically the John Wick at the end of John Wick Three. Only he goes through all this other bullshit that fucks up a bunch of other people's lives before he gets there. You mean John Wick? Uh, because won. at that at that point, shouldn't have John Wick just been like, okay, well, if I want to be out for sure, uh, and they're not going to let me actually quit, my next option is to kill the table. But then two movies happen before he realizes this. No, I. I think you're way overthinking it, dude. I think in John Wick 2, he's like, I don't want to do this. I came out of retirement to get vengeance. But then he does it. And no, Listen, let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> yeah. So John Wick does the thing because he wants revenge. The dude comes by. He's like, hey, heard you're fucking killing people again, so I'm going to invoke that. Uh, John Wick's like, no, like that was just a one-time thing. So the dude's like, are you sure? And John Wick's like, yes. So then dude blew up his house. And yeah. he's like, you literally will not escape this until you do this thing for me. So John Wick's... That's why he had the whole scene at the police station where he's like, ah! Because he's like, fuck, I can't believe it. I'm stuck in this shit again. Because his other option is just to kill everybody, which would be way harder than killing one person. That's his... But now he's got to do it anyway. No, because he didn't know that he's going to have to kill a member of the table, Lee, for fuck's <laughs> sake. Like, right. the dude didn't He tell- takes the job, the, but the job is to kill a member of the table, right? Right, but he didn't know... Like, he, like obviously he... <laughs> Yes. That's the same thing that happens in 3. He he takes the job reluctantly and he's told it has to, he has to kill someone he doesn't want to. <laughs> or like or the alternative or, like I don't see what your problem is here Lee with these fucking films. Like his alter- his options in every single movie are I kill one person and by proxy going to ha- probably have to kill a lot of other people or I have to kill everybody and constantly be on the run for my rest of my life. If you always look at it like that, and John Wick's always going like, well, I'd rather not run for the rest of my life and only kill about half the amount of people as I have to do, it makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yes, only at the end of John Wick 3, he's being hunted relentlessly and will have to end up killing those people anyways. Yeah, because he has no other options at this point. Because all right. his other options, such as the dude and all that shit, is gone. At this point, I like the idea of the adjudicator coming in and just, like, fucking everyone's day up. Like, that was, like, that was an interesting Hogwarts-esque uh, twist on how this all works. But, like, he puts his hand on the step of the hotel, and and he's excommunicated. What? Okay. This is the last thing we'll talk about John Wick 3. You remember he comes back after he talks to the guy in the desert? Sure. Immediately gets into a shootout. Okay. He gets to the hotel... And okay. the Iron Chef guy, the Iron Chef chairman is standing there, dead to rights. He's got him. And Keanu Reeves puts his hand on the step. Yes. And uh, Ian McShane walks out. Yes. And he says, you can't do business on the grounds of the hotel. But John Wick is there. He is excommunicado. He, but you can't, you can't do any business. So anyone can use this hotel. Like, you can go stay in this hotel if you can afford it. Like Whether you know that it's an assassin's, okay, let, like, let mega me, hideout. Let me make this real simple, Lee. Sure. Because Iron Chef Man is part of their association of assassins, he cannot he do respects business it. Yeah. on continental grounds. However, yes. if I was hired to kill John Wick and I had no association with the place, I could probably kill John Wick with no consequences. 
couldn't because he's so wanted and because of what's happening with the I'm just talking about a movie that didn't happen now so we'll just move on but uh yeah man I don't know I think they're over, I think yes I I 100% agree with you that they are trying not to make the same movie 3 times even though they are uh and they're they're giving it that little injection of something different that little twist uh that makes each of them stand out in a series that should be when does this shootout take place I don't know it could be in any one of these 3 movies um that's all good that's all consistent that's fine. Uh, I just think it's it, it needed. It got one movie too complicated. Let's just say that. I think we could have condensed the uh, the plot of of three and two together, and then have just yeah, a trilogy I, with the I third movie that, being. I agree that three yeah. was reaching for some fucking grapes that weren't there. I think they yeah. should have just been like. I think they should have just been like, "Oh, John Wick, like you fucked up in John Wick two, like you killed that dude in Continental Grounds. Now we're hunting you." And then yeah. like. Basically, that's the movie, and then it ends where it ends in John Wick three. <laughs> you get the like the John Wick's excommunicated. The hotel is excommunicated. Winston is excommunicated. Yeah, or, yeah, or do that. Like, or or do like if you really want to change it up, do it like this, where like they they excommunicado the entire New York hotel, and then John Wick has to make like his fucking MacGruber team. Uh, of like Lance Reddick and Lance Reddick, yeah. You know, you'll add in some fucking other guys, like Halle Berry, those two guys yeah, Kev- that he spares in the knife fight. Like, yeah. get, like that's either, all still gonna you know, happen. Just hire some guys that could stay in for like you know half the movie and then come in later. Like I don't know, Kevin Durand, you know, yeah. famous <laughs> Canadian actor from Lost. I'm gonna fucking, I was gonna fucking say that name too. <laughs> He's such a boy. Give though. that like, guy some work. Like, come on, perfect. If you're just like, dude, just like have a shitty Russian accent for about forty five minutes of this movie, yeah. and then you'll die. It's fine, perfect. Hmm. Yeah, like smoking aces. Remember smoking aces? Just get, yeah. just get the three Nazis from smoking aces. Give them suits, and then they're John Wick's henchmen. <laughs> We're there. We did yeah. it. We fixed John Wick. Uh, yeah. No. Otherwise, it, it's all fine. It's. Uh, I was laughing because my wife was watching uh, with me, and she's seen the other two now, and she's like keeping track of. I'm like, oh, they keep they keep pretty close attention to like reloads of mags and how many shots he has, and you can see what kind of bullets he's using, and like you can see him constantly pulling guns out of people's waistbands and stuff like that. This all went out the window with the Halle Berry scene where she fires thirty shots without reloading. Yeah, because um, it's Halle Berry, and they did like they did not want to put her through like the fucking five months of intensive twelve hour training that Keanu does at fifty five years old or whatever. Yeah, age then is. you can just leave you can just leave Halle Berry out the fucking movie at that point. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, much. absolutely agree. I do think John Wick three. I I don't. know. It's like that and two are like the same fucking movie to me. Like like I said at the end of the day, like I'm a lot less critical of the plot initially than you are. I think. Uh, yeah, and I love those movies. Like, mostly just for John Wick being a badass and people being scared of him and him killing people. It uh, does have one of my favorite uh, tropes in uh, action movies, though, is that Morocco is a... Like, where he, he gets exiled to. He goes to, like, Casablanca or something. It's like a lawless society where you can just knife and shoot people on the street. There's no cops. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like, no, it's going back in time, man. Yeah, John fuck, Wick 3... Fucking sword fight somebody. John Wick 3 <laughs> is a lot like Destiny, Okay. Like, okay. You're there for the shooting and like the story is just who gives a fuck. <laughs> you have to <laughs> you have to talk on a podcast for 30 minutes to figure the story out and why it happened uh, if you want to. But the shooting's No, good. you were The shooting confused. was fine. I, I got no I problem with shooting. most of that shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh The Raid still a better uh movie than John Wick. John Wick is very good and I uh I do like Keanu Reeves. And uh 
We'll leave it at that. Uh, Reed, I'm going to quickly tell you about what else I've been playing, and then I have some news to get to, but we're going to skip Mass Effect this week to give you a chance to fucking play it. Yeah, sorry. Like, <laughs> man, that's the thing. Like, I have no drive to play Mass Effect right now. It's not a very long game. Like, you can you can blow through it in a weekend. I might have to. I might have to. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. The shooting in that's actually pretty okay, too. Uh, so I played Mario Golf. Reed, I know you were a golf man, uh, but you like to do it in person. You don't like to do it with Italian plumbers and monsters and turtles and shit like that but uh, mario golf super rush i believe it is called on the switch that came out on june 25th it's golf baby uh the mechanics are not very deep not even as deep as you'd find in something called like a pga tour what it adds is a battle golf mode where you're like in an arena with a bunch of holes uh, and you're trying to race your uh, your opponents to the holes there's also a mode where you can now golf at the same time as your opponents uh, which is kind of interesting. So you're like running all over the course. You have special moves. You can. Uh, it, it's basically just a, a battle of inches. It's about just delaying your opponents a couple of seconds. Uh, it doesn't really get deeper than that. It's Mario Golf. Uh, I don't know what to say. I don't know if you have any specific questions about Mario Golf. No, uh, but no, this no. is a pretty solid one. Uh, it doesn't do anything to really mix up the formula. It does have an RPG mode in it. Which is kind of interesting, where you actually make a me and level up and have like stats and buy equipment and stuff like that. That's kind of reminiscent of what they did with Mario Tennis on the 3DS. Uh, but I, I don't know. It, it doesn't have the charm that a game like an RPG set in the Mario world... There, there's precedent for that. There's the Paper Mario games. There's stuff like that where that's just done so much better. And this just kind of feels like... Not that it's phoned in, but just that it's half-assed. Um, and that's my... They're charging 80 bucks for that game. That's the problem with these these Mario sports games. I think if you knocked them down 30 bucks or something like that, they should sell all day long. But at, at full fucking price for Mario Golf, that's pretty rough. I beat Far Cry 5. Oh, that's fucking... Yeah. That's a game. Yeah. Uh, so you... Uh, I, <laughs> I lock into that fucking game. I uh, fire yeah, a rocket at a wait, helicopter. Wait, really weird, yeah. really weird connection here. You know, I told really you before how I always associate, like, things I was watching with games I was playing at the same time. Sure. You know what I associate with Far Cry 5, Lee? John Wick. It's fucking John Wick. <laughs> I was watching well, I was watching all of the John Wicks while I was playing Far Cry 5. Now, I have to tell you something about Far Cry. Uh, if you've been playing other games, and you've played Far Cry and you've played other games. You've played your Call of Duties, you've played Destiny, etc., etc. Far Cry has a certain je ne sais quoi to it. Uh, where the combat's a little more deliberate, not Dark Souls deliberate, but missing a shot in Far Cry, for example, not using stealth or a silenced weapon, uh, not really coming at a enemy base with any kind of strategy, uh, is is more of a downfall in Far Cry than it is in other FPSs, because it is sort of a faux survival game on top of that, that you are a little more vulnerable, let's say, than you are in other shooting games. I think we could agree. But sure. you go into Far Cry playing aggressively, like we've talked about in Phantom Pain and stuff like that before, and having just watched John Wick 3, I load up Far Cry fucking 5, I'm like headshotting guys, I'm pulling out my pistol and shooting them five times in the chest and punching them in the face, I'm like fucking whipping shit across the room, it made it a very fun experience, and I was at the very end of this game, so there's, uh, spoilers, yeah. you have to fight the three lieutenants basically, uh, you fight Jacob's, uh, brothers and sisters, you take them out, then you basically go for for the head honcho there himself. Uh, they do some weird stuff with psychedelics with that like that uh, drug they have in the game. So constantly in these boss fights, uh, you're just heavily hallucinating, uh, and that's supposed to make it, it. It's really cool. The effect is really cool, but in terms of a boss fight where it's literally like shoot one guy in the head, 
Uh, it's kind of interesting that they found a bunch of different excuses oh, to make yeah. these very like, fantastical I, I boss a, fights. I played enough Far Cry 5 to do one of, like, the lieutenants, like, the daughter, and I experienced, like, yeah. the drug thing. And I remember being like, this is really cool. It's just a shame it's a fucking Ubisoft game and all these characters suck. So, <laughs> like, the the enemies themselves, like, on paper and, like, the performances are just fine. Uh, but, yeah, they are throwaway. At a certain point, the way they structure this game is that you encounter them so much. It's not so much you just hear about their de- deeds and you take them out. You have face-to-face confrontations with these characters multiple times before you finally kill them. Uh, including, uh, so you, the, there's the military guy who's John Seed. He's the John guy who's got Cena. like the militia, John Seed, and uh, he like music box um, uh, hypnotizes you into killing a, a leader in the resistance, and you do it in the game. You actually do that before the boss fight with him, and they have they are like, no, we've we've seen this before. This is what he does to our soldiers. We can't kill protagonist man. He's the only one that can save us. Uh, so I go on, of course, to. To beat that boss, beat the game. The way that game ends is uh, literally you've taken the bad guy into custody here and it's uh, hell on earth. Basically a bunch of nukes rain from the sky and blow up Montana and as far as I know most of the United States. And that opens the gates for New Dawn, which was the spinoff to Far Cry 5 where you play a post-apocalyptic Montana. I don't know how that fits into the actual canon of Far Cry. I don't know if, like, going forward, <laughs> yeah, the United States has been... Yeah, let's all the fucking Far Cry lore masters out there. Yeah, let's hit them up. Uh, how many how many characters has Troy Baker voiced in the Far Cry universe? Thirteen. No, uh, so, I don't know if six will acknowledge what happens at the end of five, or if it's... it. It's interesting. It was cool. It's It feels expensive. Let's put it that way. It feels uh, I don't regret my time with Far Cry 5. And really, Far Cry 3, 4, 5, you're, uh, you can get them real cheap right now. Those are great open-world FPS games. Just yeah, don't was, do everything on the At the same time, yeah. I was also playing Ghost Recon Wildlands, which is also the other <laughs> thing I associate with John Wick. And I found, that to, wild. Be, I found that to be a much more satisfying uh, release of tactical action than Far Cry 5 sure. ever was. And that's but do you get a bear? That's the impression I always got from Five was they give you all these you know landmines, grenades, fucking weird weapons, all these th- stuff to be like a cool trickster stealth guy. Uh, yeah. But the game never really comes off in a satisfying way based off your effort. Like at the end of the day, you might as well just go around shooting people in the fucking head because it's easier and quicker. Uh, it's it, yeah, it's your prerogative, right? Because like at the end of the day, you don't get a, a reward for stealth killing everybody. You just get to live. Right, but it's not. But like the reward usually for stealth is that you make a hard area easy. Um, whereas in Far Cry, you can just shoot people in the fucking head and leave. Whereas in like Deus Ex, if you're not stealthy in some sections, you'll just get fucking dummied before you have a chance to kill everybody. Yeah, actually, some weird parallels between Deus Ex and Far Cry, I would say, in terms of an FPS, where if you go into them playing them as a core FPS, you're actually at a detriment because the game is expecting you to actually interface with some of the other things yes. that it gives you just getting into a flat out uh like shootout uh early on at least in deus ex or far cry usually is is to your detriment so yeah reed you got to get back to work yes so i'm gonna uh excuse you while i quickly run down this news here on my lonesome which has become a uh, regular thing for us here on the public beta podcast so uh, we'll talk to you again next week reed all right you're all by my lonesome. I'm going to talk about a couple more games I played. There was Going Under. This is a game that I believe has been out on PC for a while. It is a satirical dungeon crawler uh, about exploring the cursed ruins of failed tech startups. It has a sense of humor to it that I actually really, really enjoy. We've been playing it on Game Pass. Um, 
You play an intern. The whole game has an excellent, uh, very cohesive motif to it. Uh, the music, the visuals, everything is a bit over the top, but cartoony. Uh, you're picking up things like pencils and mops and, of course, swords and, and clubs and stuff in these... Uh, Basically, this is a giant tech startup tower. You're going to different floors that have different themes. Uh, one of them is Joblin-themed, so it's like your pretty standard uh, kind of trendy office filled with goblins. There's a dating app-inspired uh, area. There's a Minecraft-inspired area, etc., etc. You were doing uh, different uh, quests and stuff like that for your mentors, other people who work at the... And you're an intern, so they're getting you to do interny shit such as... Uh, you know, buy an espresso maker, but also uh, kill this many enemies with a bricked phone, etc. That game is really cool. If you have Game Pass, I absolutely recommend you check it out. If you like games like Hades and Dungeon Crawlers like that, this is more or less that, but with a satirical skin over top of it. And I find the humor actually tends to really work. A couple chuckles from me uh, while playing this game. So, uh, fucking check it out. Big recommend on, uh, on that. Alright, uh, RDR2 online. Yes, you heard right. I uh, re-downloaded that after I, I beat Far Cry. I promised Trevin uh, that I would download RDR and we'd play some online. I logged into that just to get a lay of the land, and it's even a bit more cryptic than it was before. When I say more cryptic, I mean just like GTA. Uh, there are some activities that are locked to being in public servers. Of course, that means you have assholes who are doing nothing that but just impeding your progress. And this is a game where it's grind. It's time in, uh, value out. So... If you're going to sit down and play GTA Online for three hours, if you're playing it in public with other people, you could lose a solid hour and a half of your progress just because of other players interfering. If you do some uh, server shenanigans and end up on your own on a server, you can um, kind of un unabated do longer deliveries uh, for the trader missions and make more money. And of course, you need the money to buy the things. The whole point of the game, unfortunately, is really just to outfit your character, outfit your camp. Uh, get the weapons and stuff you want and, and build it up. It's just a grind to do that. Uh, there's a, a lot less to show off uh, in RDR Online than GTA, where you can have planes and cool threads. You got the drip. You got those guns. Uh, RDR has got a little less of that, although I did buy a Cavalier hat, so now I've got a big feather in my hat. And uh, that's exciting. Uh, there's, there's daily quests and stuff to do. If you like the wandering around in Red Dead Redemption 2... Uh, I mean, this is certainly more of that. I, I think I might bounce off of it just based on the, the time put in. I think a head cannon and playing with a friend, though, in co-op, posseing up and doing some quests. Uh, there's definitely some short-term uh, fun to be had in that game. And I'm back. I, I reinstalled all 200 gigs of it or whatever it is. So I'm back, baby. Uh, and that was all that I've played. We will talk very briefly about some news here. Sony buys Returnal Studio Housemark Games. Finland's oldest studio is now officially part of the PlayStation. That's right. Housemark was not uh, a Sony-owned uh, studio. Now they'll be able to make something without having to worry about funding. Maybe make something a little bigger scale. Maybe a sequel to Returnal could be a true, full-blown, curated, Metroidvania-esque experience. Uh, that would be exciting. We'll see what happens. Ghost of Tsushima, a favorite of us here on the podcast. Director's Cut has been announced for PS5 and PS4. Along with this is coming, I believe, a standalone DLC pack uh, that's set on an island and has monkeys. So you sign me up. Otherwise, uh, there's a bunch of graphical uh, uh, cool stuff coming to the PS5 version of this game. And, of course, there is, of course, the Legends mode, I believe it is called, which is the online co-op, which I'm to understand is also very, very cool. So if you haven't played Ghost of Tsushima... You can pick it up very cheap on the PlayStation 4 right now, or if you want to wait for the director's cut for all that extra that extra stuff. Uh, I'm excited to get back in that game and play a DLC, I guess. 
from my point of view, personally, I don't need that content. I am fine to wait three, four years for a full-blown sequel. Uh, just re-dipping into it like that uh, for a shorter experience is, is maybe with a, an open-world game not something I'm into. Uh, the Spider-Man game uh, did the same thing with Miles Morales. I want to play it because I like Miles Morales, but the other DLC they did for that game before Miles Morales is something I just had no interest in getting back into. With an open-world game, you want to play it kind of, you know, nose to ass. I don't want to play it nose to ass and then wait a bunch of months, get back into it at the end to just play it for eight hours or whatever. That's a bit weird. Uh, Control is getting a multiplayer spinoff and sequel. That's exciting. Remedy Games news there. Grand Theft Auto creator Dan Hauser forms a new company. Absurd Ventures in Games uh, is an investment arm and it could also be a studio making games. We'll see Dan Hauser, of course, most notably known as the writer I think at Rockstar, uh, who recently left about a year or more ago, uh, one of the founding members. Uh, so interesting to see what comes of that. Mario Kart Live gets an update that brings courses and items a bit too late, in my opinion. Uh, this is the kind of stuff that needed to be rolled out like a month after this game came out. There's plenty of copies available of it. They need to expand it as quickly as possible and lower the price on it for that matter. Uh, Skyward Sword HD fixes many of the Wii game's most annoying quirks. Always good to see a trailer come out where Nintendo's like, hey, sorry about our bullshit Nintendo stuff we put in this game. Like, every time you picked up a rupee, uh, we had to tell you about it. That stuff's all gone. And, of course, if you want the fast travel, you have to shell out for the Amiibo. Diablo 4 development. Uh, we got an update. We got to look at the classes. We got to look at some of the classic enemies and the look of the game. Looking good. Looking like Diablo. Id Software confirms that they are shelving Doom Eternal's invasion mode, making a horde mode instead. On the heels of that, Mortal Kombat 11 DLC is done. Netherrealm is uh, shifting to their next project. You should not expect any more DLC characters from Mortal Kombat. Marvel's Avengers will soon let you play as multiples of the same hero permanently. I'm just going to let that hang in the air. That's going to be it for the show. Uh, quick notes, uh, if you've made it this far, about the uh, the podcast here. New Tits the Iceberg will be back. I don't know exactly when. I've been keeping up on wrestling. I just have not... It's not that I don't have the time. I haven't had the uh, the push to to record uh, with things kind of loosening up here and maybe some uh, some visitors coming by soon. We'll be able to do a proper podcast uh, with other hosts from the previous uh, Tissy Iceberg iteration. No promises, uh, but that's currently my plan uh, for that. But I do bring, I will bring back the solo show at some point. You'll see it pop up one day on a Tuesday and be like, oh. Also changing how we do the mega episodes of Public Beta Podcast. Obviously, we have... Typically, just uh, put them up within a couple weeks of it being done. I know some people might be looking for the Metal Gear Solid compilation episode. What I'm actually doing is stalling it so that when we finish Mass Effect uh, on the podcast here, Metal Gear Solid will come out. And then when we finish the next game we talk about, the Mass Effect will come out. That's how I'm staggering it. So be it. Uh, also, the more we stagger these episodes, the more work they become. So it's, there's there's some uh, rediscovery involved with going back and editing those shows together. So that's my excuses for the week. Thank you, as always, for listening. At Iceberg Podcast is us on Twitter. LeahTissTheIceberg.com is my email address. Uh, send us a uh, question topic, whatever you find interesting. If we find it interesting, I might put it on the show. For myself, Lee, and for Reed, thanks for hanging with us uh, on a bit of a hiatus week. And uh, the Public Beta Podcast will be going forward. I think we'll do another one this week, as a matter of fact. So hang in there. We'll be back very shortly. 